You're listening to the Optimized Investors Real Estate Investing Podcast, simplifying the way that you invest in real estate opportunities. We help investors new or experienced with real tips and strategies to help you close more deals in your real estate investing journey. Without all the salesy hype, without all the gimmicks and guru courses, you've come to the right place to learn. Welcome all the newbies, all our seasoned guests who continue to support and tune in each week and grow. So grab a seat, tune in, and let's join on this journey together. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to Optimized Investors Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Barnes Jr., and today what we're going to be doing is tying up the last few weeks of episodes we've been talking about buying real estate the dream of real estate what makes a fix and flip finding good deals money we're going to tie all that together today to put together a platform or a way for you to really understand the whole purpose of the fix and flip game fixing and flipping homes has become the big hot item for everybody in America. Television shows on cable television boast about the serious profits that can be made from flipping houses. Now, don't get me wrong. This is very, very true as far as the statement goes. And serious money can be made when one goes about flipping property the right way. However, serious money can be much more easily lost when a house flip goes wrong. So if you're hoping to find your way to fortune through real estate investing, you need to pull yourself up by the bootstrap and understand a few house flip basics. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in this podcast. The first thing you need to understand is that the ultimate goal in a venture such as this is to make as much money as possible in as little time as possible. This means several things to the wise investor, not the least of which is what you must always have a complete inspection performed before you make any sort of financial commitment to a house. A good inspection can help you identify work that must be done, whether or not there is any structural damage or whether there are any unexpected problems such as signs of termites or water damage behind the walls, all of these things will be uncovered as you begin to get that report from the person that does the inspection. Far too often I hear of investors who find a house, they fall in love with it, they make a deal right away, and yet they've not done the inspection, they've not done the walkthrough. And I'm not saying that you don't have to make an offer on these bids right away, you can, but there should be some sort of contingency in that contract or in that agreement that if you find something during inspection, the deal is null and void. And these are very important things to know and should have a significant impact on your offer on any property that you make an offer on, as this will directly affect how much you will need to invest in making the property sellable and whether or not the property will even be profitable when you consider how much money will be needed to get it in the minimal selling condition and how much you can reasonably expect to sell the property for after that. These are all important things. So once you have the inspection done, 
it's a good idea to take into account all the things that will need to be done to improve that property and the things that must be done in order to get the property in a sellable condition along with any permits that you need any inspections that have to be done to get those permits the jobs that require licensed contractors to do so that you can meet any local code requirements each of these will take a significant amount of time investment as well as time of yourself in order to accomplish and make sure that these all must reflect in the offering price that you're giving for the property. Far too few would-be house flippers manage to take the big picture in when making plans. And this is where they end up missing out on the bigger profits that can be made by successfully flipping houses for the lowest possible investment with the highest possible return on their investment. When making your plans, you want to go with changes that are the most cost effective. You're not building the Taj Mahal. You're not building Buckingham Palace. You just want to do the things that are going to get you the biggest and best return in the least amount of time. Avoid making any significant structural changes to the house unless you have a licensed contractor sign off on the wisdom and safety of those changes because these can be very costly as well as dangerous to the stability of the property. You don't want to try to add on a room when it's not going to add any value to the property. At the same time, you should salvage as much as possible within the existing structure on the home that you're looking at. Flooring and paint almost always required in a house flip, but do not always mean that the house needs new cabinets in the kitchen or bathroom fixtures. Chances are new doors and hardware in the kitchen would be a great fix for a drab and tired cabinetry while greatly impacting the overall look of the kitchen without robbing you of some serious profit like doors cost significantly less than making new cabinets and can add an appearance of custom cabinetry to your property. Yeah, it looks nice and adds money out of your pocket, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get that money back. So these are the things that you have to look at because these are the things that are affecting your bottom line. The biggest idea to walk away from house flipping boot camp is the idea that the most visual impact you can have on a home for the least amount of money, the better. In other words, you don't want to purchase a home that needs new heating or air conditioning as they are not visual changes and are quite expensive. So you want to find a house to flip that needs minor cosmetic repairs like a little dose of style and imagination and you will be able to maximize your profit on that property. This is what real estate investing is all about. So these are the things that you want to be looking for. So the main points I want you to get out of this fix and flip boot camp podcast is while many people have very specific dreams of enjoying the bountiful profits that can be made from flipping houses, very few people put too terribly much thought into the process or any formulas that might be pertinent to success when it comes to flipping houses as a real estate investment venture or for the sake of building a nice, comfortable lifestyle or retirement. You will hear a lot about things not to do when it comes to flipping houses, but very few people take the time to mention the things you absolutely must do 
in order to successfully flip a house and thus begin your ride on the road to real estate investment riches. So what we're going to be doing here is I'm going to be going over five main areas that you need to be aware of in order to make a fix or flip work for you in the best possible light. Step number one, put everything to pen and paper and plan it out carefully before you begin. If you're going to enter into this to make money, you need to treat it like a business. This means you need to have a plan of action and make every effort to work towards carrying out that plan. That means documenting, planning, rethinking, going through your numbers, making sure that you have everything in place and that you are ready to move forward with this plan of action so that you can fulfill what it is you are trying to do. Step number two, establish a budget for the entire project. I don't know how many times I can tell you that I've talked to people who are doing fix and flips and they made an offer on a property and then they get into the part of flipping and fixing it up and realize they've gone over budget because they never had a budget to begin with. So you need to have a plan for how much money you're willing to invest in the property itself. So how much for renovation? How much money you need to make in order for it to be a worthy investment of your time and your labor? A house flip is a lot of work in order to pull it off successfully. So in order to do that, you want to have a good idea of how much homes in the neighborhood are worth, the value of your property as is, and the estimated value of the property once improvements are made. Now, in addition, you should also have a pretty firm grasp of the cost involved in making the repairs in order to create a realistic budget for the project. This way you have an overall view of what it's going to take to buy the property, how much it's going to cost to fix the property, and then how much you're going to sell the property for so you know how much profit is there and how much wiggle room you have to play with. These are imperative. So please, make sure you pay attention to step number two and understand what we are talking about here. Step number three, have an inspection. This is the single most important detail that can save you a great deal of time, money, and heartache when everything is said and done. Be prepared to walk away if the inspection determines that there is more work needing to be done than simple cosmetic repairs. You want to make changes that people can see because those are generally the changes that drive up the cost of a house. You want to avoid needing to make changes and improvements that aren't visible but are very necessary. If you need to invest a lot of money and labor into the house, you need to, to seriously consider the realistic profit potential of the property itself. What does it have to offer? If it isn't significant, then you need to walk away before the property becomes a real estate investment money pit. And understand what I just said, a money pit. Things that you do in a fix and flip cost money, whether it's your time, your hard-earned expense money, your hard-earned profit money. All of these things make a difference in doing the deal. So you want to have that inspection because you are trying to avoid as many surprises popping up as necessary. You don't want to be lost in the shuffle finding out at the last hour that you have to put in brand new plumbing, that the foundation is off, 
These are all things that become major, major headaches in the long run and cost you big dollars to repair on a property that you've bought. Step number four, know the neighborhood and plan your flip according to the needs of the area rather than your own personal taste in a home. This is important. This is not the home that you're going to live in. But yes, you do want to make it nice. You do want to make changes that make a difference. But another thing that many first-time flippers forget is that this is not a personal project. It is a business project. And you need to treat it as such. Keeping costs down and keeping your feelings and emotional perspectives out of it. You are looking at the home to repair, fix cosmetically, get it in a sellable condition so that you can turn around and put this home back on the market either to another investor or to a first time home buyer or somebody who's in the market to move up in a home. These are all decision making processes as we all go through our life. So these are things that are going to be done. If a person doesn't like the color of paint you put in the house, don't worry about it. When they buy the house, they can repaint it. If you've put carpeting in the house and the person decides they don't like the carpet, when they buy the house, they can pull up the carpet and either leave the wood flooring that's underneath or put in brand new wood flooring. There's different things that people look at. And when I talk to people who want to fix and flip as a living, I hear so many varying degrees of what someone will do and what someone won't do. There are a lot of people out there who said, I don't want to be a slumlord. And I agree. I'm not saying create properties that are terrible and, and the living conditions for the people in them are not great. Yes, you want to have nice properties with good amenities, good cosmetics, because people will take pride in that. People will want to be a part of that. They will continue to upkeep that. That means you have good renters. You have good homeowners in those properties. But don't go out and put a $30,000 kitchen in a $30,000 house. That isn't good business sense. Don't go out, create this elaborate landscape when all the homes in the area have no landscaping at all or very minimal. These are the things that you take into account when you are looking at doing a fix and flip. Know the area that you are a part of. Know the schools in the area so you can tell if people want their children in those schools. How do those schools rate citywide, statewide, nationally? You know, these are important things because people want to know these things when they decide on where they want to live and how they want to live. Is the area up and coming? The area doesn't have to be the top of the hill, but it needs to be moving up that hill. You don't want to be at the very bottom where people don't care or people have no pride of home ownership, but then you don't want to be at the very top where you're not going to get the money out of this fix and flip that you're trying to do, no matter how many cosmetic things you do to it or how many amenities you put into the home. This makes no sense. So know the neighborhood. You want to know what homes are selling for in the area. You want to know when the last time the home was sold in that area. You want to know, 
are a lot of realtors in the area parading the area with their flyers and things of that nature, trying to get more information from people to move out of this area so they can put new homeowners in the area. These are all things that make sure that you know the area is up and coming or moving in a positive direction. Once you know these things, it helps you in finding out whether or not you want to be a part of this community, whether or not you want properties in this particular area. The more you know about an area, the more people see you in that area, canvassing and putting out your information, you'd be surprised who may walk up to you and just say, hey, I see that you're in the area that you buy properties. I have a property you might want to buy. I'm thinking of selling my property. Guess what? When somebody does that, that's an off-market deal, which means, ching, ching, you might have bigger profits from that deal. So these are things that you want to keep in mind. Be aware, people are always watching you. So you never know who's going to see what you're doing and want to know why you're doing what you're doing and ask you more questions. And that's okay. That means you're in the right place. Step number five, do you remember that you are in the market to make money, not waste money when it comes to establishing an asking price for the property? So many people get caught up in the excitement of doing a deal that they actually forget that you've got to take emotion out. You've got to look at property from a business perspective. As a real estate investor, you're looking at property in a totally different way than a first-time homeowner or somebody who's looking to move up into the neighborhood. Remember, you're going to pour your blood, sweat, and probably a few more than just a few tears into your flip. But you cannot set the value of the property by the effort you've placed into it. You have to have realistic expectations of how much you stand to earn from your efforts and how much you're willing to go down on the price in order to walk away with some profit in your pocket. Time and time again, you see it on the MLS all the time. You see these properties where somebody has started to do the rehab and when they sell the property or the pictures you see on the MLS, you see the drywall, you see the boxes and boxes of tiles or wood planking all still sitting in the living room. Why? Because somebody else thought they could get this property, fix it up and flip it and didn't realize how much hard work, time, and effort actually goes into the whole deal. So remember, in order to walk away with some profit, you've got to know how much profit you can play with. So these are things that you have to be aware of that people oftentimes walk away from not understanding why their fix or flip fails. But I'm here to tell you you can avoid these things by understanding these five steps that we've just talked about and they can help you tremendously. You should take a moment to reflect upon the fact that many first-time flippers actually lose money on their first flip. If you turn a profit at all, even a small profit, 
you have learned many valuable lessons that you can carry with you into future flips and into making more money on the next go-round. More importantly, the lessons you learned from your first flip are lessons that money really cannot buy. So it's really worth a lower profit or even taking a slight hit if your experience makes you even more money in the future as you continue along your real estate investment path. But hey, nobody wants to lose money on a deal. We are in this business to make money. So let's understand how we can do that. So that's what these five tips are for, to help you understand how you can make money by maximizing the things that have to be done and the things you should do in order to make a fix and flip work for you. This has been Marco Barnes Jr., your host on Optimized Investors Real Estate Investing Podcast. If you want tips and tricks on how to do real estate now, please visit us on our website at optimizedinvestors.com or for tips, tricks, and information, you can always go to our bookstore on marbarbooks.com. That's marbarbooks.com. M-A-R-B-A-R-B-O-O-K-S.com and get some tips and tricks and tools to help you make better decisions about how to do the deals that you are thinking about doing. Again, I thank everybody who keeps supporting us and everybody who keeps listening in and getting valuable information from this podcast. Please share it with your friends, like this podcast, and continue to expose it to other people. And I'll see you next week. Until then, take care.